Blog Talk Radio. practice was good. First and second practice was good. Michael McDowell, uh, if I remember correctly, I'm not looking at the stat sheets, led practice number one. And uh, if it's any indication, he could be a threat come Sunday. Of course, Whoa. you know what? I'm, I'm going to say this right now. This car is untested, unproven, all except for the last two weeks ago at uh, the LA Coliseum. So that, that little race told us absolutely nothing. Um, for the super speedway. So I'm interested to see what, uh, how it's going to be. I mean, they looked pretty steady in the draft. So, um, well, you know, they did, they, did the, they did say the bumpers are not as stringent as they used to be on the gen trick car. With the, well, with uh super speedway races, it doesn't surprise me. Michael McDowell's up there. I mean, yeah, he won the Daytona 500 last year, but before he's put up results, even at Talladega too, he's put up results on road courses and super speedways. So he's outperforming front row equipment, to be honest with you. It's, I think what's stopping him from moving up and bigger named equipment is just pro- probably sponsorship. Maybe I would, I would say, um, like I, said, I think I think that if he were to leave, I think if he were to leave front row motorsports, I I would guess that Loves would go with him. I would think. Um, but would they have the money to go into a bigger team? That's the question. Well, that is the question. However, this new car is supposed to make it even keel for everybody. So, yeah, that's what we've been. That's what we've been hearing for the last six months, Craig Moore. 
is that this car is going to even things out. Now, how even it, it is, I think we've already discussed this on our opening show last week. Eventually, these engineers get paid a lot of money, and they're going to figure out a way to go faster than, than some of these smaller teams. Michael McDowell is kind of, I mean, he's, he's a, a true veteran in the sport. You would almost think that he's had his, uh, his best years in front of him uh, already you know, behind him. Uh, but, uh, you know, as for seeing McDowell uh, going to a top-tier team, I, I just really I think that time uh, has already surpassed itself. But we are talking about the defending Daytona 500 champion. And this guy knows how to run up front at these super speedways. And he knows how to, like uh, Taz said, he knows how to get around a road course real good. So Michael McDowell exactly. could definitely be a threat. If Denny Hamlin, two-finger Denny Hamlin, can, uh, can can get three Daytona 500 wins, uh, then uh, I, I think Michael McDowell, uh, you know, the crapshoot that it is, I'm not going to sell him short. It, it, you have to be around at the end. Uh, to get that checker flag. So, well, you know, and and think about this. Real quick, Michael McDowell's car will be the last, last year's car will be the last car to sit in in the museum uh, down there in Daytona because they are not keeping the race-winning car there this year. It is going back to the team, back to Charlotte. And, so, and of course, this is in lieu of the parts situation where there's uh, a lack of parts. And, and so what they've decided, NASCAR has decided to do, is use one of the test cars that they had, one of the uh, first-gen, next-gen test cars, and they will apply a wrap uh, similar to the of the winning driver. And that will be the car that is presented in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Right, which, you know, I understand why they're doing it, but it's uh, it's not the NASCAR Hall of Fame. It's the, uh, oh, what is it? I can't remember what it is, but it's not the NASCAR Hall of Fame. It's down there in Daytona. But I understand why they're doing it. No, one thing... But it, I, it I don't takes a little bit. I don't mean sure to know. cut off the uh, the Hall of Fame uh, museum talks or whatever, but we were talking about Front Row and Michael McDowell, right? That's an un- you could say that's an underfunded team. You can make a good argument that it's kind of not, but in reality, it really is. But we want to talk about underfunded teams. There's an underfunded team we haven't really talked about in terms of the L.A. Coliseum and what we just saw in first practice. And I hope you guys know where I'm going with this. And if you don't, well, get in for ready for a shock because it's Rick well, Ware racing. Well, Rusty Wallace racing, that's for sure. I, I'm pretty sure of that. <laughs> so it has to be the other RWR. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ryan Priest putting a Rick Ware car into the top 20 three uh, main event field for the clash. I mean, you can argue positioning and this, that, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, Priest is, and you can also argue Priest's talent too. I mean, the guy just, I mean, unfortunately doesn't have huge backing and doesn't really have a secure ride being that he's a reserve driver for Stuart Haas, but he's making the most of his opportunities 
the clash was a great example, essentially. And then if you have David Reagan, who was second quick overall, and then you look at the second practice and Cody Ware sitting fourth. So could that SHR development really be paying off? That, that's another question to throw in, too, for these under, underfunded teams. Well, and I mean, Daytona, Daytona is a whole other animal by itself. It's like Talladega. I mean, the real season doesn't start until next week. But a lot of people will argue that. But Daytona is a different animal altogether. And Chris and Tez, I think you'll agree with this. Teams will find speed that they didn't normally, they don't normally have at a mile and a half track, or even a two mile track, or two and a half mile track. You know, it's kind of, and I, I, I'm not saying that their alliance isn't helping them because I believe that it is, but we'll have to see what happens when we go further down, further down the line. Cars are trimmed out right now. They're, they're, they're made to be bullets. Uh, the other, the higher, the reason why you're seeing some of the smaller teams up front is because basically uh, this practice is at nighttime, guys. We're going to be racing in daytime. So before everybody gets all excited, uh, you know, just understand that uh, this is this is typical of Speedway Week where you see some of these lower budget teams trimmed out and able to be at the top of the speed charts, where some of these other teams are you know, more or less working on what setup they're going to run uh, for the race. Now, I will say the Biff is back, and uh, he looks like he's in tremendous shape, and he hasn't run a, he hasn't run a cup race since 2016. He ran the truck race in which he won in 2019. So, and he was an SRX last year. Right, but that's not Cup. Um, So we'll have to see how he does. He's got to obviously race his way in, and I'm not discounting his talent, Daz. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that, you know, for him to come in, he's going to have to race his way in, and he's going to have to, you know, he's going to have to maybe take his chances. Well, yeah, he can. Um, he can he can qual he can qualify on time, but you know we'll have to see. But he's definitely a uh, he's definitely a must watch. I will tell you the other one that I was kind of shocked. Uh, Jamie Little when she interviewed uh, the newsman. I mean, Bubba Wallace. Hubba Bubba. She said to watch out. Hubba Bubba. She said to watch out for Hubba Bubba. Uh, in the 500, he's definitely a threat to win. I'm sorry, so are the other 41 cars. Uh, well, you have to you think know, we're but, not, we have to eliminate these 42 down to 40. So now the question is, which of these open teams can we throw out the door? Right. And we'll have to see which ones go bye-bye. I have... I have one concern of an open team going out the door, and I'm sorry to say this um, for you F1 fans that were putting hope into oh, this team, but that 
that Jacques Villeneuve 2017. I mean, based on the speed charts, they're not up there in the slightest. No, they'll be going home. I've, yeah, I, mean, I see them packing their bags and going home. And again, if whoever's a Formula One fan listening in and uh, rooting for them big time, I'm sorry. I see them packing their bags. The draft, yeah, I don't crazy. What was that, Chris? Uh, the draft can make you do, the draft is a crazy thing, guys. Uh, a lot can happen when he when they, those cars get up to speed. As long as he's not in last, then uh, you know he he's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna carry that momentum. We've seen Brian Keselowski a few years ago uh, get into the race because he had a good drafting partner. Oh yeah, there's no doubt the draft the draft will do wonders for you. Um before I forget, I just posted it on our race chat live page. I think it posted anyway. Twenty years ago today, Dale Earnhardt won his uh first and only uh Daytona five hundred. Dang. Twenty two years ago, I'm sorry, twenty two years ago. 98, 08, 18, yeah. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to a good weekend of racing. I really am. I think that uh, I think that it's going to be. Uh, I think that it's going to be a hell of a weekend. I know. I'm definitely looking forward to it. I think we all are. Who knows what. Uh, what kind of deal we're going to be going through all week, not just Sunday, just all week in general. I mean, qualifying tomorrow, uh, final practice on the 19th, and we also have the duels on, what is it, Thursday night, I believe it is. So, trucks on Friday, Xfinity Saturday. So, I mean, it's the whole week in general. And, um, And while we're while we're pretty much getting there, uh, you tuned into our uh, Facebook page earlier. Chris went live and mentioned power rankings. And Chris, Greg, and I went through basically the full-time team. Any Cup Series team that's fielding at least one car for the full season, regardless if they're an open team or a charter team, Um we created power rankings. Essentially, we listed them. How do we feel um, they will do this year so that you, the fans, can look at what teams should be the top dogs and which ones really aren't. And because we have new teams this year, we have teams that expanded and got new newer drivers, uh, obviously rookies coming in. So, a lot of these little factors came into play. So without further ado, let's get into our rankings. First things first, we're, we are going to explain the top 10. And before we get into the top 10, I will say the teams that didn't make our top 10, and there were 16 full-time teams. I'll go from 16 up to 11 real quick before we get to number 10 and do our explanations. 
So, number 16, we have Live Fast Motorsports. That's the BJ McLeod 78. Then up next is Spire Motorsports that fields Corey LaJoyce, number seven, in the 77. That's going to be piloted by Balicki and Lena Castle this year. Uh, Rick Ware Racing at number 14. Front Row Motorsports ranked 13. Petty GMS Motorsports, uh, number 12. They grabbed Ty Dillon. Richard Petty teamed up with GMS to go from one car to two cars. Eric Jones stays with Petty. Um, and, of course, the addition of Ty Dillon. Ty Dillon will have experience, but the question is going to be how much rust can he have? I mean, he ran part Xfinity last year, but this, but we'll see what how far we can go with that. And then JTG going from two cars um, with Stenhouse and Ryan Priest down to one car, keeping uh, Ricky Stenhouse, and they were ranked at number 11. So, with that being said, we'll go to top 10, and ranking at number 10 is going to be out of the Ford camp of Wood Brothers Racing that fields only one car with Harrison Burton, and Harrison Burton is the is the rookie driver replacing Matt DiBenedetto from last year. Um, I believe I have Wood Brothers ranked at 11. Uh, Craig had Wood Brothers a little bit higher, and no, Chris and I had them around this spot, and Craig ranked them a little bit higher. So, on average, they're gonna they're sitting at the ten spot. Guys, your that thoughts? is correct, guys. And uh, you know, Wood Brothers. First of all. I'm not high on the cart right now with Harrison Burton. Um, he wasn't uh, very successful in the truck series. He hasn't been very successful in the Xfinity series. I'm not saying he hasn't got any wins, but he's just not stood out. The only thing I think that this team has going for them is their cars are prepared in a Penske shop. We've seen Paul Menard. We've seen Ron Blaney. We've seen uh, Trevor Bain over the last few years. Only one of those names has stood out to be successful uh, in that ride, and that uh, Matty D last year, uh, but no, the the most successful driver in the tenure there was Ryan Blaney. Ryan Blaney is a superstar to beat. So um, Harrison's, you know, he's got his teeth cut out for him. Um, it, you know, I, 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 we're barely squeezing him in in that ten spot. The, what what I think got that team itself into the ten spot is basically these are the same cars being prepared. Uh, out of uh, the Pinsky shop where you have drivers like Austin Cindric, Ron Blaney, and Joey Logano. Uh, Craig. Sorry, I had you guys on mute. I don't know. I had them uh, I had them ranked up at number, I believe it was nine. Yes, um, you did. So I'm looking at my sheet just for reference. I don't know. I, I did that because of the name and their alliance with Penske. And I think that they're going to do a little bit better um, than Petty. I mean, but, you know, I, 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 that was the main reason I did that. It was their alliance with Penske. I don't think that, I don't think that the teams that are aligning themselves with the bigger name teams 
are going to do it as as good, all except for um, twenty three eleven. Uh, that's the only that's the only team I think that is a uh, satellite team, if you will, that will even come close to their um, parent team. But that's why I did that because I think that. Uh, so and what did you? What was at number nine, Taz? At number well, Wood Brothers for me. Before I announce number nine. Um, I put Wood Brothers at number 10, being a lot of the similar things that Chris mentioned. You have your alliance with Penske. The only success you really, truly had was with Ryan Blaney in recent memory. If that Penske affiliation wasn't there, I don't think Wood Brothers would be as strong as they are, Being even being a single-car team. I think they would be like an equivalent to uh, Petty, Richard Petty, to be honest. But... Uh, Number nine, we'll move on to that one, would be another uh, Ford Camp team, and that would be Stuart Haas Racing. I had them ranked at number seven. Chris had them ranked at number four, and holy shocker, and I think this is the biggest shocker of them all, Greg had them ranked number 15 out of 16. Wow. And before we get this to Craig, before we get to Craig's there. big head turner, let's hear let's hear Chris before we get to Craig's big head turner because I'm really interested in Craig's, but I want to hear Chris's first. My gosh, I mean, you got Chase Briscoe coming into his second full time season. We saw what he did in the Xfinity. I'm not saying the guy's a superstar yet, but damn, he's uh he's definitely we're we're we're. we're <laughs> I can't believe this, man. I mean, we've got a short time to do this, and then and, and we come out with some blasphemy like this bull crap. Okay? Stewart Racing had a rough year last year, but Kevin Harvest is still a top-notch driver. He's still a top-five driver. Okay? And so you can throw away the whole rest of the freaking organization with, with Eric Emerald, double-A battery, and, and, and Chase Briscoe, and Cole Custer, Frickin the cold hard. Custer, and we would still rank Stewart Haas Racing. Uh, in the top five. I, I don't get this. It's, it's just absolute blasphemy that we're having to rank SHR at number nine. But as I as I understand, they had a really crappy year last year. Uh, so I, 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 I watch this team, y'all. Watch SHR. They're going to climb the ranks as we get further into this season. Just wait and see. Cole Custer's going to get him a win. Chase Briscoe's going to get him a win. Kevin Harvick's going to get him a couple of wins. All right, Craig, you're a head turner. Let's hear it. Oh, I want to know how you rank the 315, man. Come on. I partially did that just to get you going, Chris, because <laughs> you need a couple more gray hairs in your goatee. Um, I think that Kevin Arvick is on his way out, and the young and Eric Almirola is done at the end of the season. Uh, he's going to go home and play daddy, and that's not a bad thing. I think putting your eggs all in two baskets with Briscoe and and, and the custard man, uh, not necessarily the sharpest thing you could do, but Kevin Harvick has been known to pull out 
you know, eight or nine wins in a season. And if that's the case, I'll be glad to eat my words. You know, when when Harvick makes the, when somebody other than Harvick from that team makes the chase um, and does it on wins, not points. But until then, I think the only car you're going to see in the I think the only car you're going to see uh, in the playoffs is going to be Harvick's car. Yeah, uh, I disagree. Chase Briscoe, he wouldn't be racing on this race team if he wasn't good. Taz. Please save the ship because we're, we're sinking. So, Stuart Haas, I wanted to give a higher ranking, but I gave him a little bit lower. They're still in the they were they were top ten in my list, but as I exactly ranked them, which was at number seven, I look at um, I look at Harvick. He's I think he's going to be the top guy there again. I'm hoping that he doesn't have a winless season like he did last year. I, I'm hoping that he gets um, one or two wins. Um, Chase Briscoe struggled last year at the start. Um, there were some races towards the end where he kind of shined. Um, unfortunately, some of the results he got didn't show what he was running. Uh, Cole Custer... I feel like he kind of went backwards a bit last year, which is a bit odd being that Custer usually rides off of momentum, but he didn't really like have that last year. He kind of went backwards. Whereas the year before when he made the playoffs, he got the win and he like kept going with it on a lot of races. But unfortunately when playoffs came, he just got outperformed just straight up. And usually obviously with playoffs, you have to be a top of your game, no matter what round and, whatnot, but Eric Amarola, this is his last season. Um, I know he's going to want to come out guns blazing, but he he hasn't really insanely sold me. He hasn't, I mean, other than his win last year and his Talladega win, I believe the year before, um, nothing's really convinced me that he can help SHR propel and I'm hoping that Briscoe could be the guy to be the young gun to help with that. Um, they, and I'm hoping Custer can have a little bit better of a season than last year. Uh, it's just right now I have a couple of a couple of question marks for them. I would love to see them back up on top where they used to be, but. Until I see some performances besides Harvick from the rest of the crew, I I would love to give them a higher ranking than I did. So, with that being said, we're going to move forward. To Just remember, this eight. team won twelve races the year before, so I, I, I'm not uh, I'm not worried. They're going to bounce back. But on to the next one. Moving forward to number eight is a second-year team out of the Chevy camp. They had, they fielded the Amigo of our group last year. And this year, they have the Amigo again, and they added the Melon Farmer with the backing of Chip Ganassi. Well, being that Chip Ganassi is no longer in the Cup Series, but essentially, they got their shop and I believe most, if not all of their equipment. But, um, it's 
basically it's track house racing ranking at number eight i had them right on this spot exactly uh chris had them at number 10 and craig had them at number seven craig how about you go first this time I don't know. I think that uh, I think Chastain is going to bring something to the team this year, and I think that's that's why I ranked him as high as I did. Um, you know, it, it's hard to say early on. That's why this is this is a little fun piece of uh, this is a fun segment because we do what we think is or what we hope is going to transpire. I, I hope uh, getting back to the SHR one, I hope I'm wrong. This one, I'm, I hope I'm wrong and they finish a lot better. So we'll have to see. Uh, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, Trackhouse is going to be an interesting watch this year. I'm not surprised where they are in, in, in the rankings. Um, Ross Chastain reminds me a lot of a young Ricky Shithouse Jr., um, and uh, being over-aggressive, trying to get too much out of the race car. That's been Ricky's problem from day one. It, it goes all the way back to the Xfinity Series. We've seen Ross overdrive. We've seen Ross be too aggressive at the wrong time. It's it's worked in his favor quite a few times, or we wouldn't even have Ross in the cup level because uh, it wasn't. But about four years ago, he was riding around with a team in Xfinity called J.D. Davis, and that's where bad race car drivers go to die. Um, but Ross was able to cash in on an opportunity, and uh, Ganassi really helped elevate Ross Chastain. My favorite driver of this group is, of course, my amigo, uh, Daniel Suarez. I've always been a big Suarez fan. I'm going to continue uh, pulling for him and that race team. I think Pitbull uh, and, and the partners with Justin, uh, not Justin, hey, Justin Marks is a great combination. Justin Marks really understands the intertwines of racing. He was a uh, Ganassi uh, development driver, so he definitely has had the insides and outs, and he can point Pitbull's money in the right direction. This is a bad, this is an awesome, badass combination between having Pitbull and the Latina crowd along with Daniel Suarez, and it's so overlooked over you know, compared to how we've elevated the Bubba Wallace and Michael Jordan team. Uh, th- this team is solidified. If they have a new shop, they've got a lot to look forward to. I'm excited, and I want to see Trackhouse go up the ladder here and not fall back down. Tess, how about you? I'll get to my explanation quick, and then we got to try to see try to see if we can speed this up a little bit. Um, don't forget, top of the, uh, uh, the second hour, um, we'll have Hendry County Motorsports Park uh, be interviewed as well. So be sure to tune in for that. Um, my explanation for track house, basically, um, Daniel Suarez performed pretty well by himself. I think with him being a team on a team by himself, instead of being overshadowed on a multi-car team like Stuart Haas and Joe Gibbs kind of, made us open our eyes and say, hey, look, Daniel Suarez has something here. Got, he really has – he had no pressure last year because it was just him racing. Um, it wasn't like he had another team car to try to outrun and all these other variables coming into play. It, it was just him. So, essentially, Suarez was just there saying, 
I'm given an opportunity. I'm going to make the best of it. I have no pressure. Let's go out and make the best of it. And he pretty much did. He unfortunately didn't make the playoffs, but he turned some heads on some of these races and had some of the finishes um, gone his way. I think he would have been floating in that 16th uh, final playoff spot last year. But Shastain, on the other hand, he's proven time and time again, uh, overly aggressive, good driver. But, he, again, the aggression is what is what is going to question me. Can he play the aggression game the right way and not the wrong way? But moving forward to ranking number seven, and that's a new team in the Cup Series, not a brand-new team in the NASCAR, but new team in the Cup Series out of the Chevy camp is Colleague Racing. They field Justin Haley, who will be a rookie contender this year. Um, he's the only full-time driver for that team. That team will field two cars. The second car will be a combination of A.J. Allmendinger, Noah Gregson, and Daniel Hemrick. Um, I had them ranked at number five, and Chris and Craig ranked them at number eight for this pick. Uh, Craig, your explanation for college. I think they're they're proven in the Xfinity series. They're not proven here. I was going to put them a lot lower, but I like to give the benefit of the doubt. They've gained some experience in the in the Xfinity series uh, and and with some notable wins. And so I said, what the hell? We'll put them in the top ten here, and maybe I'll maybe I'll hit on one. Chris, my biggest concern is the second team. A brand-new team, they need a chance to mold together. I think Trent Owens with Justin Haley is going to be a good fit. I've, I've always questioned whether or not Justin Haley has any true talent. And, and if you've ever watched him drive a modified, you would understand why. Because he's whipped it around in every corner that any time I've ever seen him uh, drive a modified. So when he started racking up these uh, super speedway wins, I was like, okay, you know, this is kind of strange because this kid really – he hasn't shown much in his, his entire lifetime of being a, a driver. Now he's got the biggest ride of his life, and there's a whole lot of money being dumped into this uh, new race team. So, I mean, I want to keep my fingers crossed, but, guys, I just don't know if this team's very much better than, I mean, Eric Jones and uh, uh, his teammate, Ty Dillon. I really don't, I don't know who's the better team. Is it going to be uh, Petty GMS, or is it going to be uh, Colleague Racing? I like the idea of A.J. Allmendinger. I think he brings some veteranship, uh, well-needed veteran advice to that race team. Noah Gregson, I'm not sure how that's going to work. He's kind of a mouthy, pop-off, very aggressive, uh, attitude-y type of driver. Uh, Daniel Hemrick is the, almost the exact opposite. You don't hear much from him. Of course, we're talking about, he, you know, this guy, he won the Xfinity Championship last year. So he's going to have he's going to want to try to prove himself as well. The whole three-driver lineup really makes things sketchy. I wanted to rank them higher, but, man, I just don't know if they're very much better than the GMS Petty or the, uh, the um, uh, you know, a, a team uh, like Trackhouse, who I, I would almost feel like Trackhouse would be a better set team than, than Kyle, Kyle Lee Grayson at this point in time. But we'll get to task. 
for me, calling it, it's simple as reason why I put him at number five is because you have Justin Haley. Yes, he's a cup winner, and I understand that people are, you know, being shady about it, but they are, a win is a win regardless. Um, and he did it with Spire Motorsports of all teams, too. Um, he's had a year or two in part-time cup experience racing with Spire. Um, he's ran he well won that race because somebody went to the pit, though. He didn't really win the race. He, somebody pitted. But, but go ahead. Hey, he does I'm using your words. I'm using your words here. A win is a win. Right, it doesn't matter how he got it. But um, so I think I think we, I think what we've gotten uh, colleague racing ranked a little bit higher right now than what they should. It's going to be interesting to see how this new team plays out, Taz. Uh, but it, it's good to know that somebody in this group has a, has a lot of faith in them, and maybe maybe we'll see this team uh, elevate well, themselves. Because one thing that we need, Taz, is we need a team like Collie Racing to be successful in the Cup Series. The one problem that we've always had is how do you become a Hendrick Motorsports? How do you become the, a Joe Gibbs Motor- Racing? The other reason – well, the – the other part of the reason why I put them high was not only because of Justin Haley. I, his young, um, eager-to-win talent that came from Xfinity is going to come up here in the Cup. Um, he's, we know what Justin Haley's on the Xfinity Series, and I think he will bring that into the Cup Series. And again, two part-time seasons with Spire last um, in the Cup Series with the 77 ride. Um, the other reason why the other team and you have AJ Allmendinger coming up. He has, I did believe he had, he did get a win last year um, for colleagues part-time schedule in the cup series. Um, the other part is Daniel, Daniel Hemrick. Yes. He's an Xfinity series champion and he got his first win, but he does have some cup experience with RCR uh, a few years ago. So there's a little bit of that there. So I feel like there's um, there's more veteran experience than people would think. Um, my only question mark is Noah Gregson, to be really honest. That's my only question mark I have. Um, he's kind of like, to me, he's like a, he's like a Ross Chastain, but just mouthier. More of a personality, I believe. Um, that's the only question mark I had. But other than that, I, I see colleague um, having – some success out of it. I'm hoping they do well, but again, new teams sometimes don't always prosper. And who knows? And I'll eat my words, and I'll eat my ranking if they don't prove to be that way. Moving forward to number six, as we try to move things along here, is out of the four camp of RFK Racing, they get Brad Keselowski as a driver and part owner. Ryan Newman is out. And Chris Busher stays. Yeah, this is another team that I, I'm just I'm unsure of right now. I almost feel like RFK is a new race team. I mean, you've got Chris Busher. He's been consistent, former Xfinity, two-time Xfinity championship winner. Um, but uh, Keselowski, of course, your 2012 uh, Cup championship winner. Uh, but, uh, you, you know, we want in my perfect in a perfect vision. Brad Keselowski takes RFK to the top, guys. I really think it's going to take about six months for this thing to jail. 
I agree, Chris. I agree. I I want to see them do well. I had him in number five. No, <laughs> the only reason I had him at five, and I'll make this quick, is because of Keselowski. Other than that, yeah. If it had been anybody else behind the wheel, they would have been. I would have ranked him sixteenth. I would have ranked front row higher. Ooh. I think. Sam but I think the Keselowski brings what they need. Based off performances in the past, I, I would have to agree with you, Craig. The only thing that's really given these guys some some standability and ranking is Brad Keselowski. I believe in Brad, and I believe that he can get this organization turned around. Ted. My only thing is I hope Brad turns that team around. Busher's got talent, but I think he had the wrong teammate in Ryan Newman. Nothing against Newman, but I just think Newman's age and everything else he's went through it just ended up hurting him, and it, in a sense, it hurt Busher. And with Keselowski, Keselowski has a number of year has a good number of years left in his career, I believe. Um, he knows how to run a team in a sense, but he's got good backing behind him with Jack Roush. Um, I do believe this is a good fit. And I said, like I said, I hope it's a turnaround for uh, Roush uh, as a whole. Moving forward to our uh, actually number six, I somehow skipped his number five RFK racing was actually number five. Um, number six, I somehow skipped. It was twenty three eleven racing. They have Kurt Busch uh, moving to a two car team. They still have Hubba Bubba Wallace. Question is going to be where do they fall? And we have them average ranked at number six as RFK was actually number five. Yeah, well, like I said uh, earlier, I believe, I put them higher because they have the alliance with, obviously, Joe Gibbs. And if you look at the first practice, early in the first practice, JGR at 23-11 were the top five spots. So, and then we had Michael McDowell and, and his clan come out, the Ford clan come out. But that's why I think they're going to do well. They're going to be the only alliance team that does well. I don't think Bubba's going to do well. No, I don't think he'll do as well as Kurt based on experience. I think Kurt being there is going to help him learn to shut his mouth and – you know, not say anything. If anything, Kurt has learned over the last 20 years that sometimes saying nothing says everything. Yeah, that's a big step for uh, for Kurt Busch. Um, he is going to definitely be the leader of this franchise. Um, I've got high hopes for the 2311 team, and, and uh, if, if somehow Kurt Busch can put Bubba Wallace in his wing and carry him along, maybe Bubba – uh, can get uh, some much-needed uh, um, uh, advice. And, uh, you know, this is one of those teams where I'm not going to be surprised at the end of the year that we rank them too high. Uh, but there's also a chance that this team could really surprise us. And uh, as you said, uh, with uh, this being a basically fifth and sixth Joe Gibbs car, uh, we're, we're going to expect results pretty quick. Test. I think Kurt Busch 
adding Bubba might help Bubba uh, propel himself. You have to think, he was with uh, Richard Petty for all of his Cup Series career, um, not really getting very far with it. Uh, Denny Hamlin took him under his wing uh, for his team and getting a backing out of uh, Joe Gibbs, in a sense. And he didn't re- he was he didn't make the playoffs shockingly for being a I guess you could say fifth Joe Gibbs car, but I think adding Kurt Busch might help Bubba and um propel and get some experience behind him. And I think Kurt will be Kurt. We we know what he's done with Ganassi the last few years. We know what he's done at Stuart Haas when he was there. He put uh, average running cars and put them into winning positions. Uh, moving you're forward to, to our shop, you're adding to your race shop a veteran and a champion. Yes, and that, I don't think we need to say anything more. <clears throat> moving on to our final four teams ranked because 2311 was ranked number six, RFK Racing number five. Number four will be the two-car tandem of RCR between um, Austin Dillon, Rhinestone Cowboy, and Tyler Reddick. Um, really no explanation. Austin Dillon has turned his career around, in a sense, with Tyler Reddick coming in. Reddick has been on a tear on some of these tracks, and I think with this new next-gen car, he's, I think he, he will keep going. That's all I got to say about them. That's why I rank them as high as they are. I think we're seeing a resurgence of RCR. And I have to say, I believe Tyler Reddick was it. I'm not saying Austin Dillon is a terrible driver. I think he's average. I just think that he didn't have the teammate back behind him. And with Tyler Reddick coming into the picture, it's like driven him to be more competitive because Tyler Reddick is just straight up competitive. And I believe RCR is now on the move. Right. Tyler Reddick is a future superstar in the sport. There is no Chevrolet team that I want to see do better this year than, than Richard Childress because I want to see Hendrick eat some crow. I'm ready to see I'm ready to see RCR take the top mantle for the best for the for the best Chevrolet team uh in the sport. Uh RC has he's got one more left in him. He's got a driver. He knows he's got a driver in Tyler Reddick. I'm, when Tyler Reddick walks into the garage, the, it should be looked at as the second coming of Dale Earnhardt. Austin Dillon, I think, understands his place. He knows that Tyler Reddick is a hot shoe. And uh, as we've seen, those two guys work really well together throughout the year. So this team, I would love to see, I would love to see them by the end of the year ranked even higher than they are right now. But I really think based off of last year's performance, We've missed the ball here by ranking SHR in, in in this low spot and such a high spot for RCR, but it'll all come out in the wash. Craig Moore, what do you say? I want to see them do better, and I'm glad that uh, I think Tyler Reddick will come into his own this year. I think that uh, if it wasn't for Papa, Austin Dillon would be car shopping. He'd be car owner shopping. Um I think too much stock was put into the kid early, and, you know, he hasn't really proven his paycheck. And hopefully he can elevate his game this year. 
So that's why I put him high. I'm hoping I have high hopes for him like everybody else does. Being in the top Moving four teams, that's that going mean something right there because these top three are no are no joke for sure. All right, number three. I had them ranked at number four. Chris ranked them at number five. Craig has – oh, no, that's RCR. Number, our number three team, I ranked them in this spot. Chris ranked them at number one. Craig had them ranked at number four, and that's the forward camp of Team Penske with – Joey Logano now being the head honcho, Ryan Blaney, and the rookie driver coming in, Austin Sindrick. And Sindrick having a part-time schedule last year, I believe, will pay off. Uh, Sindrick, a champion in the Xfinity Series. If he wasn't, he was a top championship contender in the last few years. Uh, yeah, he won. He did win a championship. Uh, same year Chase Elliott did. I remember that now. Um, great driver. I would love to see him have success this year. Um, that was my only question question mark, but I think I don't think that's a huge question mark to be concerned about. Uh, we know how well Joey Logano's done. We know how well Ryan Blaney's going to do. I just, again, it's small question mark, but not huge of performance with Austin Sindrick. I had Penske ranked number one. I had him ranked number one. This is Ryan Blaney's breakout year. The captain moved on because he knew that it was time was now to invest all that into Ryan Blaney because he is the future of the sport. Joey Logano, you're a veteran. You're a champion. Understand your place just like Keselowski had to when he brought you over to the company. Joey, enjoy your time as, as the senior frog. But uh, watch out, because here comes Ryan Blaney. Oh, yeah, and the boss's kid as well, Austin Sindrick. Let me tell you something. Austin Sindrick's going to be good at two damn tracks right out the door, okay? And he's going to be a badass at all these road courses that we're running. And he's going to be a badass at some super speedways. And if he's badass at two of those, then I'm almost having a feeling he's going to be pretty badass as well at these, some of these short tracks when you get to Bristol and all. Remember, there's a, there's quite – we used to have – three, four races a year that were wild card races, basically. Your super speedway races. Now we've got the Roval. We've got Portland coming up. I mean, we've got we've got racetracks galore uh, that, that some of these drivers have never seen or don't have very much experience on Bristol dirt for one of those. Uh, so this team, I think y'all, are, y'all, y'all, y'all did not give Penske the true justice that they deserved. They should be number one. But I'm going to sit back and let y'all try to dig your hole on why you believe these other two teams are number one and number two. But, Craig, what's your thoughts on uh, Penske racing? Well, I think that Cedric is going to bring a new uh, a new fire to the team. I think, I think you'll see Joey Logano be a little more competitive, if that's even possible. Uh, and Ryan Blaney, I still can't get over the fact that he cut his hair. Maybe that'll help with aerodynamics somehow. Yeah, he does. He knows that he's uh, he's no longer the um, the baby, the, the new guy. Even though he looks like one. Yeah, right. He's no longer the third he, wheel, guys. He is. He's he's in he's in he that the he's real in that deal. Podium. So that's why I put him. 
I mean, I was I was shocked as you were when he cut his hair, and I was shocked, even more shocked when he came over to Penske, and the captain didn't make him cut his hair. Yeah. He was allowed to have well, this scruffy look. And kind of now to see him this year, he's he's clean shaven, and uh, I just I just think they're going to be a, I think they're going to be a team to be reckoned with, but I don't think they're going to be as good as the top two teams. Two more, two more guys. Who is ranked All in right. second as Taylor? Taylor. I will. I will say who the top two teams are. And All right. I'll say the top two teams, and while we have a little bit of time, like very little, so let's try to keep our explanation somewhat brief. Because in a few minutes we'll be joined by Henry County Motorsports Park. Um, we will have at number two. Joe Gibbs Racing, and number one, Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, I ranked Hendrick and Gibbs at one and two, respectively. Chris had Gibbs at number two, Hendrick at number three, and Craig ranked these two the same way I did. We'll start off with the DJ Music Man with Hendrick and Gibbs. I had I had Gibbs at number two. Um... I had Gibbs at number two, so that leaves HMS at number one for me. I, I think that um, the tandem of the of the team they got over there now, led by, of course, the candy man himself, Kyle Bush, I think that they're going to give Hendrick a definite run for their money. So that's, But I don't think that they're going to be the number one team at the end of the season. I think you're going to be you're going to see your number one team still be Hendrick Motorsports. I, I don't until somebody proves me until somebody steps up and proves different. You know, uh, I, I think that it's going to be JGR is going to be the bridesmaid. Well, you've got you've got you know you've got your top two, and you can kind of you can kind of say. Uh, that the top two, they're, they've proven themselves. I, you got to go on a hunch with Penske that they're going to be back where uh, they, they are. And trust me, those two drivers that they have, just their just their top two drivers, are good and well enough uh, to put down a lot of wins this year. But Joe Gibbs Racing, I mean, you're looking at four stout machines, man. You got Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Christopher Bell, who's uh, you know, have we seen the best of him yet? And uh, of course, uh, the, the the fourth driver that we all we forget the guy who finished second in points, man, Martin Truex Jr. You know, um, this is a all star caliber team. This is the Yankees of baseball. But you're right, right across the street, Craig Moore, you've got the Dodgers of baseball, and you've got you you've got Hendrick Motorsports who. Before last year, we were like, okay, Chase Elliott's a pretty good driver. Alex Bowman, yeah, he's got a little little something-something every now and then. Kyle Larson, well, we'll see how that goes. Holy hell, a year later, the story's completely changed. That is an all-star group from top to bottom. When William Byron, Willie B, is your is your driver with the, uh, you know, the, I'd hate to say this, worst driver at Hendrick Motorsports, you're sitting pretty good, my friend. When he's your fourth guy, when Willie B is your fourth guy, 
man. I mean, Hendrick Motorsports, you know. I mean, you got you to gotta beat them. They're the defending champs. Taz, real quick, Joe Gibbs and uh, Hendrick Motorsports. Those are the last two. Gibbs, um, they have the experience. Hamlin, Truex, Kyle Busch, no doubt in my mind. I, I can't you, I honestly can't argue that. My one question, because um, I almost put Gibbs in number three and Penske in number two. Um, the only question I have is Christopher Bell, but the only reason why I put Gibbs at two and Penske at three was between the Cindric and Bell deal. Bell did get a win at the Daytona Road Course, but other than that, he really didn't do much. I would, I can really remember for him. Um, I'm kind of hoping that he can really propel, uh, being that he he can be a threat at some of these tracks, um, especially Bristol Dirt. He, like I said, he didn't really shine for me like I would like I would hope. Um, so that Gibbs could really be a four-car tandem powerhouse, but they didn't really show that. Bell, like I said, Bell got his win, but it was just it was just a question as to why and how did he fail so much. Um, the Hendrick deal, I mean, you got Kyle Larson. He's won on short tracks. He's won on road courses. He's run on mile and a half. You can't argue that. Chase Elliott, he only run on road courses. Um last year, but I'm hoping that he can turn that around. I mean, we'll see him succeed in road courses, but I'm hoping that uh, the circle race package he can do better at. Um, Bowman came up with four wins last year out of the freaking blue. Byron was up there. Um, when when Byron had the pressure, he lived up to it, and when he didn't, he, he didn't really show. But I'm really hoping that these four just bring the same winning energy that they had last year. And I just hope they just basically where they failed, I'm hoping that they succeeded and keep the success that they had last year. Just keep it rolling and run, run with it. That's the reason why I put Hendrick at number one. And like I said, Gibbs and Penske, I was tossing my head, but I put Bell over Cindric for not only cup experience wise, but, I guess you could say the win versus where will Cindric sit in his rookie season. Okay. Okay. Sorry for the dead air time. Uh, we were trying to, I was trying to check in with my guest, uh, who interruptly hung up, uh, after I tried to make contact. So if that is our guest and you are listening uh, make sure that you uh, give us a call back here, and uh, we'll get you squeezed in. Oh, there you are. Uh, Taz, that will conclude our power ranking segment. I think we did a great job there. Uh, we took a little bit more time. We should have listened to uh, we should have listened to Craig and uh, budgeted in a little bit more time on that one. But uh, I tell you what, we'll, we'll catch up after this interview. I know you're getting ready to go live. Uh, it's really exciting. Uh, Craig Moore, I believe, uh, is the uh, uh, one who booked uh, this guest, and uh, really forward uh, to having him on. So, Craig, if you want to introduce our guest, that would be uh, your cue. We'll bring him on right now. All right, everybody, I want to welcome. Hey, buddy, you there, man? I'm there, Ken. How are you, buddy? 
I'm doing great, buddy. I'm great. I'm out coaching a high school baseball game and jumping on the radio with you guys. Well, that's awesome. Thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in. Let me introduce you real quick. This is Mr. Ken Kenny. He is the promoter and owner of the uh, Henry County Motorplex Motorsports Park here in Clewiston, Florida. Ken, it's a pleasure to have you on. Tell us a little bit about <clears throat> how you came to, to to say, "Hey, I want to go racing every week, and I want to and I want to wear." The, the hat of many people in one night. Man, you know, as far as the Clewiston track goes, you know, Henry County Motorsports Park, I went there as a kid when I was nine years old with my father when they first built the place. And, uh, you know, of course, it's been through a lot of transformation since then. But uh, I've been going to the races since I was a little kid. I, we came from uh, New Jersey, but we went to uh, – we used to go to Orange County Fairgrounds, you know, in Middletown. Yeah. And uh, yep. all up through there in Nazareth, Flemington, Wall. You know, I was at the races all the time. And then when I moved to Florida, I actually raced uh, pavement racing for about 15, 20 years. That is awesome. Now, you spent a lot of time in the off season, And it's not that this off season down here is very long. But uh, you spent a lot of time redoing the track. What all did you do to the track this year? Um, we built new bathrooms at the place. We, uh, sorry about that. They're playing a walk-up song for one of the batters. But anyway, we, uh, you know, we put in new grandstands. We put in a lot of sidewalks. Redid bathrooms. We put in a new tech area. Um, you know, we did a lot of work there. We put in a new scoreboard, put in a new loop. Um, you know, it's come a huge, it's a huge difference of where it was a year ago. Well, I was there two years ago when I came down to visit. Um, and my father and I actually got up, got a chance to go up into the flag stand and flag, uh, laps, which I thought was pretty cool. And we'll be back over there the first weekend of, uh, March for some racing, but um, let me throw it to Taz or Chris. You guys have anything for Mr. Kenny? Uh, yeah, let me plug in quick. Um, we are live on Facebook as well, um, if you haven't already. Our guest link is over on this side, if I'm pointing my screen correctly. Um, yep, right there. The Their website is right there, hendryracing.com. Um, their Facebook link is right there, too. I know it's a little crammed. Sorry about that. Um, but, yeah, check them out on Facebook or their website. Our show link is underneath uh, my little camera screen there. Uh, when we go off live from uh, Facebook, there's our blog talk radio link right there. And also, um, you want to re-listen to the show or re-listen to the interview audio-wise? Just click that link after tonight. Anyways, um, you have – what kind of classes do you run down there in terms of, like, weekly or maybe special shows? Sure, I understand. I mean, we run Florida late models, you know, which is uh, – it was the old sportsman-type late models. We run those um, regularly. We run street stocks, V8 Warriors, and then the Imca Mod Lights, which we had, I believe, to be the Super Bowl of Imca Mod Lights shows this weekend. 
you know, and uh, we run, you know, a lot of, we run gladiators, mini stocks, and then on special shows, you know, sprint cars is our big draw. We won the Top Gun Sprint Car Series. We have the USCS here a couple times a year, and, uh, you know, the sprint cars put on an awesome show, and this weekend, like I said, the Mod Lights, um, you know, Ronnie Shoot and then the Z-Man, they, uh, they put on an unbelievable show this weekend. <coughs> the, the now, Ecomod, you have. I, I'm, I'm already excited about hearing that type of uh, that type of of of, of, of class. Uh, tell us what what is the the Ecomod uh, class? The Ecomod. It's the light, so kind of like the light beer uh, of mods. Give it. Yeah, the Imca Modifieds, they, uh, you know, they're they're growing in popularity. I mean, we had 70-something cars there this weekend, you know, for the Winter Nationals, for their Winter Nationals. And, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, you know, we ran nine heat races, took the top two out of each heat race, had four B mains and only took one car out of each B main. And, I mean, the competition to get in, just to get in the show, that we ran Saturday night was incredible. It was a 5,000 to win, 500 to start race for them. And uh, like I said, it was like their Super Bowl. And, I, you know, next year will be the fourth annual, you know, and uh, it, it's it's a really incredible race. You just had Pete Watson's group down there, the USCS Sprint Cars. Uh, tell us about working with uh, somebody like the, the, the legend himself, Mr. Pete Walton, and everything that he brings. Uh, to the racetrack when he brings his series in? Um, in my personal opinion, I mean, I've been in a promoter for a decade now. I, I had the United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series, and uh, I personally think Pete Walton's one of the best promoters in, in the whole country. I think he's fantastic. I mean, the ideas that he comes up with to draw people before the show and a lot of the preparation he does beforehand – has been second to none of any of the people I've worked with. I mean, he's been incredible. And uh, the names that he's brought in, I mean, he brought Tony Stewart to our track, you know, of course, Danny Smith, Terry Gray. Uh, you know, he's just brought a lot of legendary guys to our Speedway, which is, uh, you know, I mean, when Tony Stewart came here, the place was packed for two miles down the road. And, it, uh, you know, it was pretty incredible. So, Pete, has great ideas and working with him is fantastic. Now, what um, your track is that a half mile or a little bit smaller than that? No, it's it's smaller. It's a little bigger than a quarter. It's between a, th- a third and a quarter. I mean, it's it's uh, you know it's it's really a quarter mile on the inside, and uh, I mean it's it's you know. <laughs> A lot of close racing, a lot of good racing, and uh, you know it, it's it's the bull ring, that's for sure. You know. Taz, the no, I mean, I'll be I honest. Can, Taz, the best way I can describe Hendrick County is Glenridge. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I understand what you got there, Craig. Now the. Now you have there's a class that's called the bombers and to me if I looked at I think that's what it's called um I remember seeing a video when Craig was there 
that looks <laughs> four point like, six Ford, my man. Now correct me if I'm wrong. Now correct me if I'm wrong. It looks all the cars look like they are Crown Vicks. Am I wrong yeah, or am I in that ballpark? No, you're absolutely correct. It's uh, four point six Fords. It's old cop cars, and uh, it's either got to be a Crown Vic, a Grand Marquis, or a, or a big Lincoln. And that's, you know, we've we've got between twenty and thirty of them there every Saturday night. Pretty exciting group. I, I, they I'm run something in this past, Craig, uh, and, and what I'm feeling is an economical budget racer. And I feel like in the time times where it's just impossible to keep up with what super late model teams are spending, with series like Pete Walton can bring in and already has staged and ready to go, it, the focus is back on the economical racer. And the bomber class, you don't get no more economical than your bomber class, man. These guys, I'm sure he can give us stories about them going out and tearing the wall down and still smiling and high-fiving each other on the way to uh, on the way home and eating at the Waffle House together. Am I right or wrong? Oh, yeah. Yeah, They, I'll tell you, they're an incredible group of guys. And, you know, they wanted to make it to where, you know, the, some of the guys wanted to make it where it was uh, only beginners. And, uh, you know, I let everybody run it. I don't care if it's the second coming of Dale Earnhardt right down to the, the guy, you know, uh, 13-year-old kid. And we've had teenagers win. We've had retired racers win. We've had, you know, and it's been an awesome mix of drivers because you can't do much to the cars. I mean, you know, the cars are, you know, tech pretty good and they're they're pretty basic. And uh, it puts it back in the driver's hands for not a lot of, mo- lot of money. Now, what what are some of... Oh, come on, Taz. I'm so sorry, man. Uh, go ahead, Taz. <laughs> it's all right. What is your schedule looking like for 2022? Um, do you guys run, like, all year round? Do you guys have, like, an off-season? Like, how does your schedule ideally look on a yearly basis, and especially for this year? We run the first three Saturdays of the month. Um, we try to bring in, you know, the modifieds one weekend, sprint cars one weekend, and we try to have the Florida late models at least once or twice. So we try to have a good mix. Um, we'll run all the way now until the second week of June, and then uh, we'll shut down for the summer, you know, because the rainy season in Florida is about as bad as the snow is back north. And uh, then we'll go back. You know, we do have a 4th of July race, and we pray a lot during that time frame that we don't get the rain. And uh, we'll run that weekend, then we'll come back September and run right up till December, and we'll climax with the uh, Morgan Memorial, which is the biggest street stock race in Florida. And uh, that's, you know, pretty much our schedule, you know, as far as what we run. Um, we, We have a few Friday night shows, but predominantly we run Saturday night. What are some of the biggest challenges you have found as a promoter in in the last 10, 10 years? Um, you know, car count. In our area, you know, we're down here by ourselves. Um, when I got the racetrack, it was a 35-car count. And uh, we've got it up to between 80 and 100 cars now. And uh, you're, the the challenge was bringing back what you said, the economic cars i mean we had to come back with the 4.6 fords aka bomber class um 
some gladiators, which are four-cylinder, you know, generic cars. We, and then, like I said, IMCA, we brought the IMCA modifieds in, you know, and uh, the mod lights. And um, between those three classes, you know, we're pulling 60, 70 cars. So whatever our other class, you know, our special class for the night, you know, it puts us up around that car because you have to have a, a car count of between 70 and 100 to operate a racetrack really sufficiently. And uh, one of the other things that, that I, I found, um, you know, was getting locals back into race into racing meaning when we first opened the track, we had to draw everybody two hours away from either Tampa or, or four hours away from Volusia to have a special event. And, you know, the public, you know, the general public come, you know, in these lower divisions come out to see their grandson, their granddaughter, their, their grandfather, whatever it is. And the, the challenge was to get local people back involved in the sport racing. And now, you know, we threw a race and we got 30, 40 cars within 30 miles and I think that's, you know, we've got our own car base now. That was, you know, that was a big challenge. And then the other challenge was respect. I mean, when a racetrack opens, closes, opens, closes, and it's not consistent, people don't want to put their money in a sport where they don't know if there's going to be a racetrack within an hour to race at, you know. And they, these were the challenges was to sell the idea that, you know, we were here to stay, we were going to make all the improvements that were necessary and, I, I did about anything, everything they asked me to do, I've done so far. That is awesome. That is awesome. Chris, what do you got, buddy? You've been kind of quiet. I mean, just, nailing, just nailing the head that, you know, right now racing can outprice itself. And, and, and he obviously noticed that it was a problem. And, and I feel like you were probably on an island by yourself when you, uh, when you went through the way that you did. You were able to build back the racers from within. And you didn't weren't so dependent anymore of having a full racers from other racetracks to come race at your facility. I know that had to have been a timing process. How long did it take before they started buying into what you were offering, the concept? Honestly, five to seven years. I think it. Uh, I think the first five years we battled uh, our thirty-five car count, and on big events we had to pull from everywhere else, and. Um, as we, you know, built new bathrooms, worked on the surface, um, really updated the facility, you know, people uh, felt comfortable to go out and get a race car. And, I mean, we beat the streets. We we went to the schools. We went to the churches. We went to everybody to give out free tickets, uh, you know, economy tickets, you know, lower cost, whatever it took to get people to the speedway. But it took us five to seven years, I think, to catch other people's attention uh, not around, not only around the country, but around the state of Florida, and j- just to begin with, I mean, to get people to want to come down here and race. I mean, we, you know, it took a while, five to seven years, easy. So, when you took the track over, what classes were they running? Were they running the similar classes to what you did, or did you kind of just go from the door uh, and bring what you thought? Was no, run they were. What they were running was, you know, street stocks and V8 warriors. And then mini stocks. And uh, to be honest with you, that was about it. And then the other two classes that were spinoffs of it were, you know, they ran a bomber class, but it was so similar to the V8 Warrior that there was hardly any difference. You follow me? So now you fragmented the class to where 
instead of having 20 cars, you had eight cars in each class or 10 cars in each class. And, you know, so little by little, people have come with ideas um, of a, of a class that they thought was economically or regionally suited for us. And, you know, we're not everything to everybody. I mean, we run our winter nationals and, you know, but like late models, my background is in the late models. And, um, you know, other than Florida late models, which is a late model package with a little more basic shock, you know, we can't draw the super late models or the open late models or pro late models, as they would call them in Florida. We have a hard time doing that, you know, so unless it's a special event. So um, it took a little time and, and we added, like I said, the Gladiators, the 4.6 Fords that he spoke of, you know, the Crown Vic class, basically. And... uh you know, the mod lights and, and, you know, it took a little bit of time and, and we don't compete against other people anymore for those cars. You know, there's pavement tracks in Florida that run the Crown Vic division, but we're predominantly the dirt track that runs them. And the same thing with the MCOM Modifieds, we embraced them, the mod lights, we embraced them to come to our place and, uh, you know, you know, they found a home there and that's where they have their winter nationals now. And, and uh, you know that's how we've worked around around it. Right now, such a I do have world. Oh, my bad. <laughs> how do you keep people from copying your idea? Yeah. Um, to be very uh, honestly, the Crown Vic class is not um, inducive to go run on a big half mile track like Volusia County Speedway or Alltech. Um, you know, it's a more economical car. I don't know that it would take the beating of a half-mile track every weekend. You follow me? So I, you know, that 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 on dirt, that's kind of separated us. Um, and the other dirt tracks uh, like Putnam, you know, BRP, they're far enough away that they'll run them once in a while. But, you know, again, that's not a traveling class. You might have your top three or four guys go, but the – other 16, 18 guys are local guys, and that. So if they copy, you know what I mean. So if they copy our idea, I don't think it'll hurt us, you know. Right. Go ahead, Dad. Sorry. Now I do have to ask. I am from New York, and you did mention Orange County Fair Speedway up here in Middletown. Yes, sir. Yes, have sir. You, have you ever tried to grab interest of maybe having? some of those big block, small block modifieds come down there and run? From what I understand, okay, we, we've made our track the winter home of Dunright TV, and we've given them a place that. to live in the winter, to stay here. And uh, Dunright TV went up to Putnam, and I think they had the small block modifieds, not the big blocks, but the small blocks. And uh, it didn't go too well, you know, for whatever reason, maybe weather. But they've reached out to us of coming down here to run a three-day show during the Winter Nationals next year. So um, we've got our eye on that big time to grow our speed weeks um, with what we can afford. You know, meaning, we, you know, we, we, I've gone out on a limb. I mean, when there was no $10,000 races in Florida anymore, I, you know, set up one Friday night and popped it on Facebook that we're going to have a $10,000 race. And we did it, and now there's $10,000 races three or four times in Florida. And, uh, you know, we did the mod light. They thought I was crazy. We said 5,000 win, 500 to start. And um, it, it put our track on the map where we got people all the way from Canada, New York, California, everywhere come to the Nationals here. So, you know, I'm willing to definitely 
uh, work hard to get the you know sportsman modified basically that they run back north down here next year during speed week. So that's going to be the next thing I attack. So if any of you fans listening along to either our Facebook page or Blog Talk Radio, make sure you keep your ears and eyes open because uh, we could be seeing them right at Hendry County Speedway or Motorsports Park, and I, I would be down to see that. Unfortunately, yeah, I really hall, appreciate it. It would be a hall for me to go see in person, but. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I really appreciate you guys up. having me tonight. Oh, Ken, for sure. Look, you, you, you've got a small track, but you've got big titles. You must have been an underdog as a racer. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I've, I, to be honest with you, I will, I've always tried to be a leader and, uh, I had, I did have decent equipment, but I was a suitcase racer. And if you know what that is, you know, I showed up with the suitcase and tried to race with the big dogs that, and, you know, and tried to understand the chassis and that kind of thing. But to be honest with you, I, you know, my father brought me into racing and, and, when you talk about Middletown, I mean, I sat in uh, Buzzy Rudiman's car in 1973 when he, when he won the Eastern States 200, so, and then Will Cagle was second, and Bobby Malzone was third, so my racing roots are deep. I mean, they carry me all the way back to the baby carriage sitting at Flemington, so I've, I've been around a lot of racing, you know. Well, that's funny that you mentioned Middletown in your opening, because I live not too far from there on the main highway. And uh, I, w- I would go down to visit and watch the races quite a bit 20 years ago. Um, and then when I came down to your track, when I came down here in 2020, uh, we came down, we came in for opening night. And I was just, uh, Chris, I remember posting pictures and videos to the Race Chat Live page. And I was just enamored. And, like every time I races. And uh, we were there this opening weekend. And it was just, it was phenomenal. And you could, it took me probably a good hour to find Ken. Um, <laughs> just because he was so busy. And, uh, but we're definitely going to come back down and visit. We only live not too far from there. So we're going to come down to visit uh, the first weekend in March. We're going to run over. We're a little tied up the next two weekends. Uh, with Swamp Cabbage Fest, and then we're leaving for Daytona on Saturday morning. But uh, tell us how your affiliation, we've got a couple of minutes, and then we want to get to the sponsors of the racetrack. <laughs> but uh, tell us how your affiliation with Dunright TV came to be. I thought that was pretty neat. I went up and talked to the guys when we were there opening weekend. And uh, But tell us how that affiliation with Dunright TV came about. Um, racing Jason, our announcer, Jason Beckner, he, um, you know, he, uh, got to know Kelly Jeffries a little bit from Dunright TV. Um, Dunright came down to do, uh, one of Pete Walton's shows and, um, they took a liking to the weather, <laughs> you know, as you can imagine in the fall and, uh, and took a liking to racing Jason. So they communicated quite a bit and, uh, you know, I think Dunright recognized that we were going to make a lot of improvements, and uh, we embraced them. And, uh, you know, they found a home with us for the winter, you know. And, and, I mean, just to be honest with you, man, it was – this weekend was absolutely fabulous. We had uh, Scott Robbins from uh, West Hold there 
uh, West Hole Equipment, and uh, he was in the tower with us, and uh, he introduced to me to a gentleman named Jason, who is uh, lives in Fort Lauderdale, that flies to uh, Oklahoma and different states every month, twice a month, to go work a series as a race director. Well, I talked to him about being a race director at our track a little bit, you know, on the weekends he was here, um, to give me a break, you know, not to be in the tower, because we lost our race director to cancer at a very young age. He just passed away, you know, Brian Baggett. Um, I don't know if you all know the history on that, but Brian, you know, 39 years old, developed uh, throat cancer or tongue cancer, never smoked, never dipped, never chewed, and he passed away. And um, we had a big race for him at the end of the year. Uh, We call it the Bigs one, and it was Crown Vicks, and we had probably 40 of them there trying to make the race. But back to Dunright TV, um, we're committed uh, to putting up a big message board. And a lot of people thought I was nuts. You know, we actually put some things out on our Facebook site this weekend. We're going to put up a NASCAR-type message board, huge message board, and, um, you know, sell the ads on it. And uh, Dunright TV is going to be able to broadcast interviews on it and, uh, you know, uh, replays and that kind of thing. And, and we just want to make our track the premier short track in Florida. I mean, you know, from being the, you know, the most underdeveloped track to being the place you want to go, you know what I mean? And that's, that's our goal. All right. All right. Guys, you got anything else before we let him get uh, back to coaching? Uh, I like, I like this guy, Ken, Ken, Kenny, thank you for what you're doing uh, to, for the sport of racing and having that envision to bring something that was, you know, in a time where we're, we're in even more trying times, there's, there's tire shortages, there's uh, fuel costs is through the roof, a piece of sheet metal is four times, five times what it was last year at this time. Um, already envisioning that area and uh, that, that, that just, uh, uh, I hope that uh, others envision as you did and, and set forth the, uh, the the same plans and goals. Well, I'll tell you, I really appreciate you having me. I, w- I was distracted off and on in the beginning of the interview with the with the baseball because it was my first uh, game, you know, uh, as far as a uh, high school coach. And I, uh, they were having walk-up music, and it was distracting me a tiny bit. So I had to walk all the way to the other side of the football field so I could hear every word you were saying. But I really appreciate you guys having me on here, and it, it should open up a lot of eyes to uh, – our speedway and, uh, you know, uh, in our growth, you know, our quest for growth. So I appreciate you having us on. And, and you, and we, we had you in an interview in the middle at, at the end of your ball, your very first ball game. That's amazing, man. I mean, that's, you're, you're quite the character, Ken. Can't wait to talk to you again. Tad. Hey, I appreciate it, man. I'd love to be on again. I appreciate you guys. Well, thank Ken, you very much. We appreciate we appreciate you taking the time, and uh, of course, um, we'll do a quick plug in again. Our show link is down below on our screen. Um, when we get off Facebook, you know, listen to the rest of the show or re-listen to the show audio-wise. The link is right there, um, and then the Hendry County Facebook page and website HendryRacing.com uh, is over there on that side of the screen. And before we let you go, Ken, um, we want to give out any sponsor shout-outs that help uh, your track do what it, it does best on a weekly basis 
uh, night in, night out. Uh, we, we may lost have lost him. <laughs> we did. We lost him. Oh, goodness. But what a hell of an interview. Good job, Craig Moore. i tell you what. You, you go out here and you connect to these guys and you bring them in. And uh, it, it did not take long to fill 30 minutes of air time with a guy like Ken Kenny who, who just come on. Man, he's, he preached some gospel. i tell you what. I got a friend of mine I talked to, and we talk a lot of gospel and uh he was just you know he was he was really laying it on and uh i liked uh i liked his frame of mind and and i really hope that uh other tracks uh create the same vision that uh that that Ken has for his little little racetrack that's doing big things man doing big things uh can't wait to uh have him on again and uh, get to know a little bit more i believe that will conclude our Facebook uh, uh, side of the show. Uh, Taz, you, Craig, I believe you stepped in there. What's up, bud? Yeah, yeah the uh, track isn't actually dirt. It's sand. Wow. It is sand. And uh, But I'm going to tell you, when that when those uh, sprint, sprint cars that he had opening weekend from Pete's, when they were kicking up the when they were kicking up the sand, it was it hurt just as much much as that dirt did. So, um, but it's a hell of a track. If anybody's listening down this way, I urge you to uh, if you've not been to Hendry County Motorsports Park, I urge you to go. Um, like I said, we'll be there the first weekend in March for uh, for racing action. It's it's well worth the fifteen dollars of admission. Uh, you can check out Racing Action on Dunright TV. Um, I'll give them a plug. It's fifteen dollars, but uh, it's well worth it. I, I got a chance to sit and talk with the guys a couple weeks ago when we were there, and I'm actually reaching out to the owner of Dunright uh, TV to come on with us in May. So um, I'm going to reach out All to right, them. So, so we'll wrap up our Facebook Live video. And, again, show links down below, uh, my little camera there. And uh, let's go on for the next 20, 30 minutes as we wrap up here on Facebook. Yes. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll keep going with our show. Follow us on right. our podcast. Just click the link. Okay, 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 okay. It's finally in our last segment. Man, I tell you what, our shows have rolled the last couple of uh, last couple of times. We've uh, we've been really kicking it and uh, getting things done. Now, we're on a short schedule here as, as well. We got thirty minutes to get up out of here. Uh, less than that. So uh, uh, we got fan question coming up. We've got uh, what else we got on the itinerary uh, there? Pick. Uh, Taylor. Pick. Oh, picks! Whoa, it's our first pick. Do we get points with these picks, baby? You darn yes, right. We we yes, we do. Yes, we do. Woo! And this this year, it's worth a little bit of a money, a little bit of money on the line. Uh, everybody's decided to come together and put your money where the mouth is, and boy, oh boy, we could have somebody win as much as what seventy dollars or something. Or, or, or we're putting seventy dollars in the pot. Man, what I hope is we all wind up owing each other. Let's <laughs> <laughs> well, break not. even. <laughs> It'd be that nice would be nice. 
<laughs> but anyway, All right. uh, what else what else do we have there, Taz Taylor? Taylor, a little Taz well, let's get we got question and get that out of the way. No, we're not gonna get yeah, the fan question out of the way. No. We wait on doing? the fan question. Oh, we wait on the fan question. Because if we gave out the fan question before the end of the show, then what would the fan do? The fan would not listen to the show anymore. We've got to keep the fan strung along. It's called radio, guys. Come on. you got to have a tease, man. Huh? How about some of that ice cream, man? Y'all got some of the double-dipped ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> Chris has got the munchies again. Holy shit, watch out. Chris has the, has the cold sweet tooth, apparently. Well, it's probably warm down. It's probably warm down in Mississippi, so it's it's good ice cream. It has been it has been quite cold in Mississippi. Uh, we are in our actual winter. Uh, it has been it finally warmed up to seventy degrees today, uh, but it's been uh, somewhere in the mid fifties and low, lows in the lower in the uh, middle twenties there. I know that doesn't seem cold for the Yanks, but let me tell you something. It's pretty damn cold in Mississippi, uh, and we've had dry air too. It's crazy. Like we we have wind and dry air in the uh, winter time, and in the summertime we have heat and humidity. I don't I don't know. It's, there's there's got to be a medium somewhere in that. But anyway, we wasted too much time on Mississippi weather. What what, what are we going here, guys? Uh, we've got some picks to make. Of course, there's some money on the line. We, we got all grinding, three series. We missed grinding gears. We got toasted tweets, which I only have one really good toasted tweet. Uh, but uh, so we did miss our segment grinds. I don't. I don't know if I've got anything that grinds my gears this week. But I'd love to hear. Uh, maybe maybe y'all can ruffle up my feathers a little bit and get something to grind my gears. So, uh, well, Craig, I mean, you tried that in the first segment by by ranking SHR all the way down to 15th. But now I threw one on top of y'all. I put Pinsky number one. Now, the problem is, do I really believe Pinsky's number one, and does Craig really believe SHR is number 15? Well, we'll find that well, out. Well, I'll tell you, I do not so, believe that. I do not believe that Pinsky, or I do not believe that SHR is number 15. Uh, see, that's but I had to put him somewhere. Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, listen, listen. If you'd like, if you'd like, I know you're a little chilly over out west. I could help you out with that. Um, you know no, I don't think that. Is. What's that, buddy? What's that, buddy? If y'all watch on Flow the wheel and tour modified race that happened this weekend at New Smyrna, the goddamn flaggers. I'm sorry. What? You should be waving that white flag before the leader crossed the line to take the white flag. What the hell? You come on throwing the white flag when the leader's in turn three going to take the dang checker flag, and you didn't even really wave the checker flag. Heck, you didn't even throw out the blue flag to move the lap traffic out of the way. What the hell was he on? Well, Taz, maybe you yeah. ought to jump on a plane and go flag the next race. But but with that note, got the he money for that? that race, the real modified race, they, they turned people around. Like that place was sold out, y'all. A short track race with modified was sold out. 
Craig, you have the money and uh, somehow can afford uh, baby leave money for that one? Well, I mean, you got to give, you got to give and take. I mean, I'm sure I got a dollar. <laughs> I don't think Craig, a dollar helps much. What really grinds no. your gears, Craig? What really grinds your gears? Is it is it my fan question? Does that grind your gears? No. What grinds your gears, Craig? I don't really know if anything grinds my gears. Um, <laughs> let's, let's have a moment I'm, of I'm, truth, my brother. I'm 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 chill this week. I'm oh, chill this week. Kind of like the weather here in South Florida. I know. All of a sudden, Craig Moore moves to South Florida, and it's cold. <laughs> well, no, wait, wait, wait. Wait, it is going to warm up, though, this week. So. Oh, my God. Uh, Thank no, goodness. No, no. It, it is. We're, we're about through our nuclear winter here in the South, so uh, we, 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 will be, yeah. we will be swimming uh, in the next, hey, like, four weeks or so. <laughs> Hey, for us New Yorkers up here, we're we're hitting 40s and 50s this past week and this week. Yippee! Oh boy! Oh boy! Our good buddy, our good buddy Luke Rikoski, uh will be showing off his guns again. I'm sure tomorrow morning on Facebook, and he'll be out wearing shorts this week. All right. But, uh, so. Talking, going from guns to Top Gun. Who? Who? Who fared the best this year in, in team change? I mean, you could pick a crew chief if you want to. You could pick a spotter if you wanted to. Who really won this off season in their, in their new transition to their new team? I want to know. I think one. I'll, think, ahead, I'll tell you I think one. I think that 2311 won. When they signed Kurt Busch, I think that that was the veteran move that Bubba Wallace needed. Um, and I – and I think that it's going to do them wonders. I think Kurt will help Bubba, Hubba Bubba, learn when to open his mouth and when to keep it shut. Um, I think Kurt has learned that, as I said earlier, in his decades in the sport. <laughs> Him and his brother have always been hotheads. Hell, Chris, remember when he went after Jimmy Spencer and punched Jimmy Spencer through the car? Okay, yeah, I believe that was at Bristol. Um, yeah. You know, fast forward 20 years. 20, Kurt Busch now wouldn't do that, I don't think. No, he's, um, he's calm. He's, he's a lot more calm now. He's calmed down. So I think that that is the uh, – I think that is the exact thing that Bubba Wallace needs not that Bubba Wallace is a hothead. He just says things when he should keep his mouth shut. Uh, so for me, I think that's the biggest move. Whoa, whoa! Of the whoa. off season, and I think it's going to pay. I know. Bubba Bubba is. You think Bubba Bubba is Kyle Busch 2.0? Yeah, we have to go down this route. <laughs> Bubba Wallace <laughs> is the new Dan Patrick. I, I'm going to start drinking tequila every time somebody says Bubba Wallace. But you know what? We got some new fans over there at, at Black NASCAR. Uh, that's uh, that, that's cool. We're on a new uh, on a new group page, and we hope that uh, we've uh, 
uh, gotten some of those guys to maybe listen to our show. And uh, who knows, man? We're we're connecting on new continents all the time. So, Chris, who's your biggest surprise? Well, you know, of course, I want to say Brett Keselowski, but I'm afraid I'm just making it too easy. Uh, I'd like to see who Taz who Taz is, was going to pick. Were, were you going to go Keselowski, Taz? No, I was actually saying for the for team on the win, I was going to say Penske. I mean, good arguments can be made about RFK and 2311, but I honestly feel like Penske made the Ace move. Um, the reason why I say that is because you have uh, Cindric, who I think it was the, a smart move for Penske to have Cindric do what he did last year, which is run Xfinity, uh, give him more seat time, plus give him some select uh, cup race starts. And he didn't like put Cindric in just certain race types, like on mostly mile and a half or just short tracks or just ro- whatever. Like, he mixed them up. So, Cindric got a little bit of taste of everything, which is what you should do, in my opinion. And I think he hit the money in the nail. Um, he's leaving in decent equipment in the two car um, that Brad left behind. Uh, Logano, obviously, being there, being the head honcho. Um be interesting to see what he'll be like being the head honcho now. Blaney can break out a little bit more instead of being, uh, I guess, the third stringer, if you want to put it that way. Um, I really think Penske had the number one off-season move. I believe Cindric could maybe pull – he could pull off a win on a road course or maybe – Super Speedway, who knows? I really do believe Penske um, is the big winner in my book for the offseason move. Right. And and I don't want to undercut the whole Ross Chastain uh, to to track house racing. I I think that that was a a good trend, a, a good move. Uh, Justin Marks, as I said, has a lot of relationship with Chip Ganassi Racing, and they'll be able to follow through with that relationship by bringing Ross Chastain in and uh, giving uh, some somebody else that uh, you know our amigo can can bounce off of. And and you know the thicker the book, I think the better they are. I'm glad to see this turn into a two car operation, and I think that that's going to really show some serious strides. Uh, toward the uh, toward, toward midseason and all, but I mean I can't walk away from the fact that Brad Keselowski took a leap of faith, and you're so very right. This was a good move for Penske, and this was a good move for Keselowski. Keselowski has always had interest in owning his own Cup team. His father was an independent racer who I, I believe passed away. Uh, uh, Bob Keselowski, uh, you know, uh, he's he's owned his own truck team before. Uh, he was never going to own a partnership in with Penske. That's just not the way that they do it over there at that enterprise. Uh, but he was able to leave at a good time and in good standing. And, uh, you know, what he can bring to Roush Fenway, uh, I think, is uh, is going to prove to be a great move for both. Uh, Roush has not had the 
uh, stats over the last few years. He's not also had the type of talent there, right? Uh, not since Carl Edwards has left. Uh, so, you know, we're bringing in a true talent, somebody who's not washed out, but as I said, Penske moved on kind of similar that he did to Ryan Newman. We, we seen Ryan Newman leave. Is this Ryan Newman 2.0? Because Ryan Newman of Penske was definitely not a Ryan Newman of, of, of Stuart Haas racing or there after his career. So, as Penske may have done with Ryan Newman, moved on soon. You're right, Taz. Uh, the biggest move could possibly be with Penske as I've dig myself further in a hole at trying to defend the fact that Keselowski is uh, going to be, uh, you know, at, at an operation that's been a proven winner in the past. But, uh, you know, that's not relevant for right now. It, it may take Keselowski a little bit of time more. We may not ever see uh, him at, at the top. Being that he's an owner, I think it's a little bit different route than Ron Newman because he can make sure things are in place that need be. Uh, but there again, Penske may have turned the page there just in the nick of time as Kozlowski is now at the latter part of his career. It's it's a toss up, man. And Todd Dillon to our you know RPM uh, Richard Petty Motorsports GMS Racing, um, that's a big move there. Um, I, I, you know, and also the big move of just colleague racing stepping up. I think that's a that's a huge transaction. Uh, but but I think we've got the top of the list right here with the uh, with with Penske and with Keselowski and also with Kurt Busch going to uh, 2311. I've seen the Jumpman dog. I mean, bro, come on! I got to get me a Jumpman with the Monster Energy hat. I don't even like Monster Energy, uh, but I want that Jumpman uh, on some of my apparel when I go to Talladega. Uh, so uh, with 8:45. I guess we can uh, go to the fan question. Craig, would you like to read the fan question? No, I don't have it in front of me, but it was the question about the lug nuts. With them going from five to one, how does that increase time? And how will the penalties be assessed? Now, I will say this, that with them going from five to one, it should eliminate... It should eliminate the lug nut penalties because there's less of a shot that they're not going to get the lug tight. It's one nut, one gun, one shot. They should have no issues getting it done. Or one nut, four wheels, one nut on each wheel, two guns. It should be simple. And a kindergartner should be able to do it and do it correctly each and every time. Um, it's going to probably help stops by about three-tenths of a second quicker. Um, I, that's my take on it, Chris. I don't know what your take on it is. That's a good take. But that's, a good damn take. that's a good take, and I'm going to feed off that, Craig Moore. What I'm going to say is I don't believe NASCAR instituted a one-lug-nut theory here for the wheel to come off. I, I don't think we're going to be going around saying, you picked a fine time to leave me, loose wheel. You know, I just don't see that. I mean, you know, so NASCAR kind of felt. Now, what I'm what I'm thinking here, Craig, is how horrible it's going to be for this race car. It's a bigger wheel. It's it's aluminum. Okay, it's not the normal steel rim that we're used to. It's an aluminum rim, just a slight bit off on one of these lug nut rings, and it's probably going to cost you the race, right? Because when this thing falls off or, or hits the tub, 
a little bit different type uh, assembly than what they had before. So, uh, but to kind of stick to the question, uh, the change from the five lug nut to the one is uh, it's going to add a little bit faster time for the pit stops. But when you really break things down, I'm not sure if uh, it's going to be um, you know as as much as it's just like the car's going fast. Do you really notice a half a second difference? And, the, and these guys are going to get everything they can out of 14, you know, 14 and below second pit stops. Uh, could we see a possible 11 second pit stop? I don't know. I, I wait until the season starts and we'll just see how good guys, these guys get. But, you know, they, they, they're they only limited to the, a certain few uh, pit crew members anyway. So, you know, you're really only talking fractions of a second here that they may be able to uh, improve their time. Um, if this one goes missing, if this one is not applied correctly, uh, it could be, you know, it could be deadly for that driver. Not deadly. It could be deadly. It could create a wreck, but it could be costly uh, for their points championship or anything like that. So, uh, what about you, Taz? What do you think? I don't think we'll see as much lug nut penalties as we did before. Um, obviously, you're either going to put that thing on tight or you're going to have a loose wheel, and you could see so long wheel if you don't put it on, uh, if, you, if it gets loose enough. Um, there's, they are reusable, so I would hope to God that these teams make sure that these lug nuts are on secure and um, good. Because according to a Team Penske garage member that um, – Last year, they went through, like, nearly a ton of lug nuts. And this year, and that was through a whole season. I'm sure they used a set of lug nuts, um, one set of lug nuts a race. And this year, they're looking at reusing these lug nuts for a few races. Um, One of the Penske guys did say that they can run um, a a set of four lug nuts that should be reusable and good for about three or four races that should save them money with this skin car. So I'm not sure if it'll save them time on pit road. Um, We'll, we'll see how it implies on Sunday being that we didn't really get to see that imply um, during practice and obviously during the clash. So it, it we'll find every a lot of things out with this next gen car come Sunday for sure. Yeah, looking forward to it, man. The Great American Race is upon us. We've got Archer racing, we've got truck racing, we've got Xfinity racing, and we've got Cup racing. I want to know from you guys right now uh, what uh, what do you feel like would be the uh, the, the 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 race. Uh, let's do Monday. Let's do Monday morning headlines. Which, which race was the best, and why? Oh, uh, Monday morning headline: Xfinity, Xfinity outduels trucks and Cup Series. I think that um I think that the 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 Xfinity race should prove to be an exciting one. Uh, not that I don't think um Cup will be with the new car, but I think uh I, I think that the Xfinity race will be uh phenomenal. Phenomenal. 
I will have to say next-gen car hits and misses at Daytona while Xfinity tops the scale on the weekend. Trucks are the best, and that's what that's what it's going to say. Trucks are the best. Uh, we're going to get a we're going to get an awesome truck. You know, these guys they they got everything to prove, right? And uh, we've seen names like John King, all sorts of names that uh, that ended up in Victory Lane in the Truck Series. Um, I think a guy by the name. Uh, well, anyway, yeah, so it's just anything can happen. I think the Truck Series is going to be the best race of the weekend. Monday morning headlines say trucks. Are bust, you know. Not trucks are us. Yeah, trucks are us. There we go. Trucks are us because they are the best. Uh, so uh, that will uh, conclude that segment. Look, we've got a toasted tweet real quick. Toasted tweet. It was only one this week. Uh, thank goodness too because uh, we're running out of time quickly. Uh, Jimmy Johnson said, "I think Fifty Cent is now a dollar bill." Hashtag Super Bowl. Uh, that was uh, that was this week. Uh, toasted tweet. I, I feel like we're leaving something on the table here. As I go back to the itinerary. Uh, let's see. Tag. Pick. 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 Missing the pick. All right. Got to get the picks in. Let's do. Let's. We can do picks, but skip the explanation because um, I would just I would just say just see where the heads are turning and maybe we we'll figure out why we picked them later on. Just to put a little spice and surprise into things. All right, I'll start. Freezing, Algar, and um, Kurt Busch. Wow. 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 Okay. Chris, what do you got? Man, oh, I don't even I don't even think I've looked at an entry list for the truck series. Uh, you're asking me Xfinity. Uh, man, uh, he's a left in the Xfinity series. It's got to be it's got to be a, a, a junior motorsports car. Uh, let's go with Josh Berry. Pretty confident about Josh Berry uh, in the Xfinity series. Uh, on the Cup side, who's going to win the day? Oh, five hundred. Oh my God, who's gonna win it? I ain't even really thought about it. I have I mean, that's still so far away in my mind. Um, gut instinct, man. Uh Joey Logano comes to mind uh, really quickly. You know what? Has Kyle Bush ever won the Daytona five hundred? No, he has not. I don't think so. See, I don't Kyle think so. Bush. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my name on Kyle Bush before somebody else does. I I mean oh, I, right. I know, right? Uh, that that's a good solid pick right there. On on the truck series side, um, I'm thinking Thor Sports, but then again, I got to think about old Grant Infinger. Grant Infinger's finally getting that uh, full time ride again. Oh, much deserved, sucker. well deserved. Huh? Sucker, I had him lined up. <laughs> did you? <laughs> oh, Grant Infinger. I really sure. did. I had him lined up. Yeah. 
But, you know, I, I forgot about Zane Smith up in the uh, Xfinity series as well. He, he should be one to watch and, and keep our eye on. We haven't talked much about the Xfinity or the Truck Series guys. I, I love to talk about those guys. But uh, So that's my pick. Uh, you know, Taz, it's on you, man. All right. Something. So I'm going with my second pick for the truck, Ben Rhodes. Xfinity, Austin Hill, Cup Series, I'm going Ryan Blaney. Miss Lee chimed in with Nematode, John Hunter Nemechek, Ty Gibbs, and Fallalala Larson. Did I do something? She, Miss Lee said Nematode, John Hunter Nemechek, Ty Gibbs, and Kyle Larson. Oh, okay, okay. All right. I don't know how I missed those, but I, there, there was something in the background that had distracted me. Uh, sorry about that. So our picks are in. Just waiting for Mr. CJ. We'll probably get those during the week, hopefully before Friday. But, yeah, uh, Chris, Craig, final thoughts before we close? Yeah, um... Oh, okay. So, uh, let's see. Got uh, a couple minutes. Car, car winning numbers. Who do you guys believe had uh, the the most wins? The car number with the most wins. This is the stat of the day. Five. Stat of the day. Stat of the day. This is the stat of the day. Stat of the day. Stat of the day. Car number with most wins. Taz. Five. I'm going to go with five. No. Five cars? I mean, the five car has the most wins in in the entirety of NASCAR. Take it or leave it. No, it's not the five car. It is the 11 car. So I would figure one of you would probably say 43 or even the three car or something like that. But, no, it's the 11 car. The 11 car is the uh, is, is the most winningest car. Um, okay. So hopefully you guys follow us next week. we got about 90 seconds here left. Uh, Taz, make sure that you uh, get that work, that uh, paperwork together uh, with the picks and all. I want to thank you guys for listening to the show here tonight. I know we still probably left a couple of things on the table. Uh, Greg Biffle, does he make the Daytona 500? No. Wow. He misses it. Taz, does he make the Daytona 500? Yeah, I believe he's going to find his way in. Uh, Unfortunately, I I really believe it's going to be the the, uh, Carl Long cars uh, that that don't make their their way into the show. But hopefully – they'll work together and make sure that they make the show. We'll just see how that works. So, uh, But thank you guys for listening to the show. I'm going to turn it over to uh, our, uh, Taz to, to end it up the, the, the show here. Thank you for listening along to Race Chat Live tonight. Thank you to Ken from Hendry County Motorsports Park for the interview. We'll see you guys next Tuesday post Daytona 500. We'll give you black flag news about race counties if there is any. And, uh, 
We'll see you back again, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central, next Tuesday night here on Blog Talk Radio. This is Race Chat Live with Chris, Craig, and Chad. Just a good old boy, never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw, been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. Straightening the curve. Someday the mountain might get them, but the law never will. Making their way. Like a two modern day Robin Hood.